Welcome to the Drill Down. We've got business stories behind stocks and a move. I'm Corey Johnson. Today, Monday, September 27th, is episode number 104. Well, just ahead, two biotech pioneers combined forces on a novel cancer therapy. And a Boston biotech says it might have a cure for rare blood disease, but does it? And how Porch aims to be the one-stop shop for all the stuff new home buyers need. Our guest, Porch CEO, Matt Ehrlichman. But first, it's sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by Era. Never miss another critical event or insight ever with Era. Customize your company watch list and track key events, mentions, filings, and more, all within an easy-to-use, customizable interface. That's Era, A-I-E-R-A dot com. We hope you listen to The Drill Down every single day. That's a lot easier if you turn to your smart speaker and say, hey, smart speaker, play The Drill Down podcast. And The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. I'm Corey Johnson. Welcome to The Drill Down. We explain the business stories behind stocks that are moved. Joining me right now, as always, executive producer Isaac Webster. Isaac, what are the three most important developments in the world of business today? Hey, Corey, let's start with the Fed. Fed leaders Rosengren and Kaplan have announced their retirements amid their recent trading controversies. We've been talking about this for a few weeks here. The Dallas Federal Reserve is saying that its president, Robert Kaplan, is resigning effective on October 8th. Mr. Kaplan acknowledged in a statement that his stock trading has distracted him from the Federal Reserve's work. Kaplan's disclosure followed news that Fed, the Boston Fed Chief Eric Rosengren will retire on Thursday, about nine months early, citing health reasons as that veteran policymaker was navigating his own controversy over trading in the financial markets. The one that gets me the most is Kaplan's trades, the Dallas Fed president's trades in Tesla, as speculative a company as there is. You know, when this company, when the, when the Fed is trying to decide are the markets too frothy or not and make Fed policy in part based on that, um, it was telling. There's a lot of bad optics and also Tesla beefing up its presence in Texas. There's a lot of bad optics. So today's news, interesting developments there that we've been following. Now let's go to Blackstone in Vegas. Blackstone is selling the Cosmopolitan Casino and Hotel in Las Vegas for $5.65 billion. Blackstone says the sale is the company's most profitable ever of a single asset. Blackstone acquired the two-story, the two-tower property for about $1.8 billion seven years ago and spent an additional $500 million on upgrades. And reportedly, total profits after the sale would be about $4.1 billion. Yeah, Blackstone stepped in to buy it from Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank was upside down on what had been a pretty poorly timed uh, initial investment into that, uh, that giant uh, condo and multi-hotel Deal. It wasn't just Cosmo, right? Wasn't it also like area next door and, and those, those apartment buildings as well? So um, Blackstone, you know, stepping in when no, when no one else would dare do so, making out big. And finally, let's get to CAA. Talent agency giant Creative Artist Agency is acquiring its rival agency, ICM Partners. Now, this deal signals how new distribution platforms, including streaming, have forced consolidation across all aspects of the entertainment industry. The financial terms of this deal weren't disclosed. The company said that the they expect the transaction to close later this year. These are as big as they get, right? In, yeah, uh, where you are down in Hollywood. I mean, this this is a huge deal, not just in Hollywood. This is just a giant business deal for the, the biggest agencies there are. 
It's massive. It's massive. I mean, CAA is the giant elephant talent agency in the room. ICM wasn't far behind it in terms of size. The combination of these two um, is going to be interesting to see how their other rivals like WME uh, interpret Endeavor. this. So uh, it's a it's a very big deal in LA and all over the planet, actually. The planet. The because, planet. you know, LA is the center of the planet. Uh. <laughs> we like to think so down here. Corey, what stocks are you drilling down on today? Let's look at two at once, Syndex Pharmaceuticals and Insight. All right. Syndex trades under S&DX. Shares rose 5% today, and they've gained 43% in a year. Insight trades under INCY. Shares have dropped 23% over the past 12 months. So what's, what's the story with these two companies? Well, these two companies uh, are getting together to help develop something called uh, axotilmob as a therapy for patients with um, something known as graft-versus-host disease. So this is something that happens when um, uh, cells are implanted in a cancer patient to try to treat cancer, uh, particularly uh, lymphomas um, is, is kind of the focus here, whether it's uh, bone marrow cells or synthetic bone marrow cells. Um, sometimes you can get the graft-versus-host where they just aren't accepted well. It's usually not the case, interestingly. But this company, uh, uh, Syndex, has been working on um, a, a treatment for this, a really interesting gene therapy. And I think it's it's super interesting because it is one of the many new therapies designed to treat very specific genetic forms of cancer, or maybe just all cancer is genetic. And that's kind of the big question here is, are these treatments singularly going to start to identify different types of cancer and be able to go after them? Um, Insight, um, definitely putting a bet down that Syndex is going to have some success with their uh, treatment and are going to be out there, um, you know, promoting this thing and selling the thing if they can get this to market and get it through all of its trials. Uh, recently, uh, the CEO of Syndex, uh, Briggs Mount Morrison, was asked about kind of that notion of, you know, how cancer is a genetic disease and how much cancer is a genetic disease. Yeah, they're trying this thing that they call MMLR fusion or, or MPM1 mutation. That's specifically the one that the graft um, uh, versus host uh, uh, issue. But uh, the idea is they're going to have specific therapeutics to target specific pathways to cancer. And um, they think that, uh, that, that targeting the genetic background of a tumor will lead to therapies for cancers that were previously untreatable. Here's Briggs Morrison, the CEO of Syndex. We've, we've all learned over many, many years that, as they say, cancer is a genetic disease. And so it's understanding the genetic abnormalities, and I think targets where the, the target, there's a genetic abnormality in the cancer cell that is uh, reproducibly present and seems to be a driver of the disease. And then you develop a, I think that's what we mean by precision oncology. And I think that's what most of us have been focused on. And then the question is to develop a therapy that, that gives you a patient selection tool because you're looking for patients that have that abnormality. In our case, it's either the MLLR fusion or the NPM1 mutation. So we know who to treat and you develop a therapeutic that targets that pathway, either directly hitting that as a, as a fusion protein, and we take advantage of the genetic background of the tumor to, you know, uh, uh, identify patients where your therapeutic is going to work. So just fascinating. We're just in a whole new place where, where, you know, after a biopsy, there's a genetic test run on the tumor itself from that biopsy. And there's a possibility that certain things are treatable that weren't before based on the genetics of that cancer tumor. 
that is actually very, very exciting developments. Hopefully for both companies and for a yeah. lot of people as well. Yeah. And, and Corey, this is not the end. Let me, let me just say, this is not the end, right? So we've got lots and lots of companies doing this across lots of different types of cancer. Uh, and I, I just think it's nothing but hopeful. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's stay in the biotech arena with Keros Therapeutics. Keros, Keros trains under K-R-O-S. Shares jumped 32% today and they've gained, but they've only gained 10% in a year. What's going on with Keros? Yeah, this is a highly speculative company that doesn't have anything on the market. And yet, as you mentioned, the stock went through the roof today. Yeah. Volume was also very high, not just the share price. Um, now, the there is a company called Celeron Pharma that uh, was up today. Bloomberg had a report uh, that the company was in advanced discussions with some large company that was going to pay a lot of money for it. Uh, Acceleron has a treatment, an experimental treatment for pulmonary arterial hypertension. And there's hope that maybe there's other companies out there that are targeting similar things that might also get a bid. At least that's what Mr. Market was hoping today. So enter Keros. So Keros Therapeutics is based in Lexington, Mass, outside of Boston. And they found uh, a, a, a series of, of therapies using a family of proteins called transforming growth factor beta, which regulate blood cell counts, uh, specifically red blood cell and plasma production, um, which is, of course, repairs muscle and bone, and as well as when disease is raging through your body or the amount of blood cells your body can create, your bone marrow can create. Some people just don't have, the, have some problems um, creating the right kind of blood cells to treat disease as it happens in the body, whether it's for muscle growth, fighting cancer, or anything else. So these guys have got a, a development, a biology uh, that they say they can is is so common and reproducible. It's it's promising, but it's confounding because it's so common. And so they're focused on some currently on some less frequently occurring diseases, um, such as a treatment of um, low blood cell counts, known as uh, uh, cytopenias, um, and patients with a syndrome that causes them not to create enough blood cells, enough white blood cells in particular. But really it is that this biology is so applicable to so many things. There's hope that it might be a candidate just like uh, this other company that got taken out today, this uh, Acceleron Pharma, or was like rumors of a takeout today. That's why the stock was up today. So I thought it was interesting to listen to the CEO, Jasper Sierra. And to my mind, it sounds like he's kind of all over the map on the things that they might want to do with this and maybe not too far along with any one solution specifically uh, here is uh, Jasper Sira. The biology is really powerful. So there's lots of opportunities. There's opportunities in hematology. There's opportunities in bone. There's opportunities in uh, uh, neuromuscular diseases. There's opportunities in oncology. But because the biology is there in development and in adult tissue, it, it can be somewhat uh, confounding uh, at times. So confounding at times means they're not quite there with anything yet. Uh, but this is such speculative stuff here that um, this, this, while the stock was getting a bid today, the, the drug's no farther, further along today than it was yesterday. All right, well, coming up next, we're going to look at the business. What happens after you buy the house? All those services, all those service people that come into your house to do work, everything from moving to home inspections. Well, there's a software company bringing all these businesses together. The company is called Porch. Fascinating company growing at a really rapid clip. We're going to talk to the Porch CEO, Matt Ehrlichman, right after this. 
The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. And The Drill Down is brought to you by Indeed. When you pay for a job site, you should know what you're getting. So get Indeed and only pay for quality candidates meet your must-have requirements. Don't just hope for the perfect candidate. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. With Indeed assessments, you can choose from 135 skill tests help you make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, and one and a half times more hires than even internal referrals. So join more than three million businesses worldwide who use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now. Drill Down listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade their job post at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. That's right, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. It's Indeed.com slash Drill Down. Offer valid through September 30. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back to the Drill Down podcast. We're joined right now by Porch CEO, Matt Ehrlichman. Matt, glad to have you on the show. Um, Porch is an interesting business uh, in that there are so many companies I feel like are really um, looking at the transaction process of buying a home and seeing lots of opportunities to make some money. What, how do you describe what Porch does? Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have taken a unique approach to that part of the journey people have with their homes. We, we are a vertical software company, so we provide back-end software to home services companies that surround that moment in time, um, that, that home purchase. So home inspection companies, title companies, moving companies, we help to power those businesses with great software. In turn, those companies will introduce us to these home buyers really early on in the process. And then we are a moving concierge solution. So think about it like a corporate relocation where that consumer is a CEO and everything on their list for that move is handled. So we'll help them get set up with insurance and take care of the whole moving end to end and get TV and internet set up. Um, so we make that move very easy. So who's the customer? So we have two. Um, so our primary customer is these companies, like a home inspection company, right. where we provide software to them. So 28% now of all of the home inspections that happen in the country are managed through our software platform. But we do have a secondary customer, which is that consumer. Um, where we help this consumer with this really stressful part um, of, of their life, which is when they're when they're buying a home and when they're moving. And so because of both of those two customer sets, you know, we generate both SaaS fees as, as our revenue stream and transactional uh, revenue by helping those consumers with key services. And in the transactional uh, revenue is sort of higher margin probably, but the SaaS business Hang on for, hangs on for a minute. It's probably good to have those customers and keep them. That's exactly right. So um, all, all up, it's a very high margin business. You're exactly right. But you're, 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 you're on it, which is these companies we sell software to, you know, we have relationships with them for almost forever because you see very, very low churn by providing that software that Hello. powers these companies. Uh, I mean, uh, will we have very low um, monthly attrition, you know, far less than 1% monthly churn, which means you keep these companies for, you know, for very long periods of time. And that's exactly right. Now you get this recurring stream of all of their consumers who make up a huge portion of the U.S. home buyers that were introduced too early. 
And we don't have to go out and do all of that direct to consumer marketing or spend money on TV and other ways to go and attract those consumers directly to the site. We're introduced to them you know, uh, by these companies for free. And that gives us this big, big competitive advantage. So if you've got the home inspection guy or you've got the painter or you've got the moving company, any one of them might be the touch point for a consumer. But then you can run the consumer through a lot of other companies, a lot of other services are about to need. That's exactly right. So when a home inspector works with a consumer, it's right at the very beginning of that move and and the home purchase process. Uh, But the consumer is just about to need right after their home inspection, they're going to have to go get homeowner's insurance for for their home. They're going to have to go get a moving company coordinated. They're going to have to get TV and internet set up and get security set up and get their TV mounted for the first weekend movie when they move it. All these things that happen in this couple month period of time. And so we meet the consumer early and and really our job is just to make it easy for them, make this whole process easy for the consumer. Um, they're delighted. That also helps to make these companies like a home inspector look really good because they they, they help improve that, that journey for their customers. It's essentially a referral process. It's, it's funny, I was just, um, just moments ago, I was talking to a friend uh, uh, who's you know wealthy beyond imagination, right? By any standard in the world, and yet she had just moved, and it was just such a pain in the ass. And she had so much stuff. Like I haven't seen you in weeks. She's like, yeah, I've been moving. It's just <laughs> it's such a pain. And all this boxing and unboxing and setting up the internet and all this stuff. Um, it it was it was remarkable that you you know you just can't get away from some problems no matter who you are. It, it is remarkable, and it, you know, statistically, moving is the third most stressful time in people's lives behind death of a family member and then divorce and then moving, right? And so this is one of the reasons that I founded the company in the first place. I wouldn't so, advise any of those things, but. Uh, yes, I know. Well, some people would advise not to move either, but that's just, that, that's something that comes And they're all really expensive. You know, you know exactly why right. divorce is so expensive. I do, I do. Because it's um, worth it. Yeah. Guys like me say, but um, um, but, uh, but uh, moving too. So I'm curious how many of your um, uh, how well you sell it up, you know, with with additional services. The home inspector, the example that you used. How many customers actually want to hear from the home inspector? Hey, I know a great insurance company. Hey, I know a guy that can set up your TV. Well, you can kind of see it in, in how fast Porch has, has grown. So, you know, right now for the 2021 year, our first year as a public company, you know, we um, are guided most recently to $187 million in revenue. That's up from $72 million in revenue we did in 2020. So the company's growing, you know, 150% plus um, this year. A big reason is that we're meeting these consumers from companies at a moment when they need to. It's not that they you know, they have choices, you have to get homeowner's insurance, you know, for that new home, you know, that you're purchasing. And so we're just meeting them a couple of weeks ahead of when the consumer would have gone to Google and started searching to compare their options. And so we can just lay out all of the options on a silver platter for them to make that, make it easier. What are the buckets of, uh, cause I would imagine that the, you could be in so many different kinds of services and you've had to decide to sort of put them in different buckets to kind of go after them. What are the buckets of services for your customers or potential buckets of services? Yeah, for the consumer specifically, I would say insurance is the the primary focus, you know, for us, that's the largest service because it's the most valuable service in the home. And when we help somebody with homeowner's insurance, that customer stays with us forever. You know, that's a service that just continues to renew at a very high rate on an ongoing basis. We've recently layered in a home warranty 
as another service that you really can connect with homeowners insurance so that together we can protect their full home. But we also um, have gone very deep into certain services like moving. Um, so we can coordinate an end-to-end -end move, whether it's just moving labor, you want a couple people to carry the heavy stuff uh, up the stairs or down the stairs, or if it's a full service move where we can coordinate a truck coming to your house or a storage unit, getting it all loaded in, you know, making sure it gets unloaded into your house and set up on the day you want. That entire process we coordinate end-to-end. And so, so those are your those are your buckets. And when you talk about, because one of the the sort of key performance indicators that you uh, give us every quarter is how many companies you've signed. What is the process? And I assume those are the that's the moving company, that's the home inspection company, that's the insurance yeah. company. Um, how what are the what is the process of selling to those companies? Yeah, so you're exactly right. That is a, a KPI for us. We have now more than seventeen thousand companies that we provide software to. And I would say it's classic, a classic go-to-market approach for, for selling software to small and medium-sized businesses. You know, we have inside sales teams for each of these vertical markets that we, we focus on. So a team that's just focused on the home inspection industry, a team that's just focused on the title industry, you know, and they'll go out and they'll, you know, you know, call them, they'll do a variety of marketing tactics, they'll go to all of the trade shows. But because these companies pay us with both SaaS fees and we generate transaction revenue, they're just much more valuable to us than they would be to any other company. And that allows us to, to do more things. So for example, in the inspection industry, we'll do a hundred pop-up conferences around the country this year. We bring in 15 to 25 home inspection companies and you oh, know really? uh, treat, them to, treat them to lunch and dinner and talk about private education. And we can introduce them to all the different you know, suite of services that we offer. And, and those types of tactics just continue to help add more companies. How small are these businesses? I mean, they could be as small as a single person, you know, that, that is doing 30 inspections a month. Um, you know, many of the companies will hire a few employees um, that they'll have to help with the kind of back office, maybe another inspector or two. Some, some will scale up and they'll have, you know, 50, 70, you know, inspectors working for them. But I'd say for the vast, vast, vast majority of it, it's a very fragmented market with these small businesses of, of, of a handful or, or less of employees. And when you talk about insurance as a measure of the number of companies, is the company State Farm or is it can the State Farm guy at the end of a, you know, Main Street? Yeah. So when we sell software to these small businesses like a title company or home inspection company, get access to their consumer. Yes, we help that consumer get insurance set up in one of two ways. So first, we are in an insurance agency across all 50 states. And so you're oh, precisely wow. right. We partner with they're you know progressive and we partner with travelers and we partner with these big insurance companies so we have we have virtually all of those major insurance companies that we can partner with and we can help the consumer to compare all their choices but in addition to that we actually acquired one of those carriers a company called homeowners of america which has us now also operating in, in seven states today as the insurance company ourselves. And here we don't take a meaningful amount of the risk on. We, we help the, the consumer get set up with our insurance. And then we partner with reinsurers who carry a lot of the risk and will pay us back a commission. Um, but, but that allows us to control more of the experience for the consumer. And is that a replicable model acquiring insurers or do you just want to take this from seven states beyond? That's a slow process, but um, you've already got the basic operation set up. Yeah, we have the basic operation set up. So now, um, for, for, for the most part, yes, it'll all be um, organic where we can go and expand into incremental states. 
there might be you know a small set of exceptions like just recently you know we announced the, the signing of a company um, um, CSE that's in California that will acquire so California is a unique state but otherwise yes we'd expect it to continue to open up more states organically over these next couple of years unique in what way it's just um, highly regulated so for us to go into California organically would it take multiple years and right. so that's the one state we felt like yeah it made sense to do this this tuck-in acquisition but otherwise yes we'll just continue to to open up new states here as we go now you also that's not the only kind of acquisition you've done recently to kind of boost that growth you bought a company called rhino that's right yeah not, so not as in the animal but r-y-n-o-h that's exactly right yeah different spelling it's a it's a company that provides software to title companies and so what we have found is that, you know, these software companies, they're out and selling software. And, and typically, you know, they're, they're fairly small because they just are charging that software fee. You know, we bring them into the porch platform, layer on top that transactional monetization where we can help those consumers and improve that consumer experience. And through that, the, you know, generate more revenue. Um, and so, yes, we're really excited about the Rhino acquisition. That software, as an example, over 30% of U.S. home purchases are already being managed through the Rhino software system. So it just gives us another touch point through a large number of, of title companies to be able to end up meeting that consumer and, and helping them with key services like insurance. Is there a lot of, um, we have a drinking game on the show. We have a few. I won't require you to drink at this moment. It's early <laughs> in the day, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, but you're welcome to. Uh, it is digital transformation. Whenever that word is, that buzzword is thrown out there and it is so often. But it does seem that, particularly during the pandemic, that a lot of these businesses probably embraced um, digital um, operations that they never had before. They might have still been on, you know, carbon paper and so on. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating working in these industries. So the home inspection industry, as an example, about, about 50 percent of the home inspectors across the country are not using back end you know, CRM software at all. So they're using whiteboards and pen and paper and maybe a little Excel. And so there's just, it's just as obvious as can be where, you know, more and more of these companies will be transformed and will modernize their business. And so we're helping to lead the way. We're by far and away the largest provider of software in that vertical as we are in other of these, these different verticals across home services. But this is a great example of, yes, it's just a natural process here. It's going to take a number of years, but to have more and more and more of these companies just continuing to use software so they can grow their business more effectively. But did you see that adoption pick up during the pandemic? Because obviously, obviously the, the business was picking up like crazy anyway. So home sales through the roof, home prices through the roof. That's good for everybody in that industry. But I wonder if also there was more digitization happening uh, for those providers. I think there is two different profiles, actually, of, of providers. So there's a certain set of, of companies in this space where they actually put their business on pause, you know, because these people are going in person and, and you saw them just kind of say, hey, I want to wait. You know, they're keeping themselves safe. You know, right. a lot of these people are over 60 years old. And so, you know, I understand that. And then, there are, yes, there are other companies that said, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this. Hey, we need we're not going to be in, you know, in person. I need to you know, apply technology to be able to help, you know, help the business scale to keep keep pace with the demand. And so, yes, we did see these other companies really you know, invest in technology at the, at, during that time. And what, uh, let, me, let me just go back to Rhino for a real quick minute. The, you added just a big chunk of companies that came in. Is, how should we understand that? Is that kind of a one-time thing because you added a whole bunch because you brought the whole company in, but then the, the companies that they add over time will be slower going forward? 
Yeah, in, in that 17,000 companies, uh, about um, 1,100 of those came from that Rhino acquisition. About 1,099. You just ruined my B-West bite. But please, <laughs> yes, 1,099 came into that one time. That, that's exactly right. So, the, so, yes, we'll continue to grow it. It won't grow at that rate, obviously, because there is that one-time addition of their historic companies. We'll continue to be able to sell more companies into that software, and, and we'll, we'll, through that, continue to grow the number of companies. It's such an interesting business and one we'll keep an eye on. Uh, the CEO of Porch, Matt Ehrlichman, we appreciate your time. Well, we still have a bite, one number that means a whole lot here on the Drill Down Bite. We've got uh, the average revenue per company per month. So all these companies, I was talking about the 17,120 companies, including 1,099 companies out with Rhino. So, so you've got 17,120 companies. How much are each of them spending each month with Porch? We will have that number when the drill down continues. The drill down is brought to you by ERA, a one-stop equity platform where you can seamlessly connect to any earnings call and surface actionable insights automatically. ERA's AI-powered tools will allow you to work faster and smarter. That's ERA, A-I-E-R-A.com. And we hope you listen to the drill down podcast every day. Hey, help tune the rest of the world into the drill down by putting a review on your favorite podcast a listening service. Let the rest of the world know what you look about the show and why you listen to it every day. And let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at Drill Down Pod and connect with us directly at our website, bizpod.net. Right, we're back with the Drill Down Bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot. Isaac, this company is getting a lot of money from every one of those companies. Their average revenue per company, again, I told you 17,120 companies at the end of the last quarter, was $999.70, again, per month. Hey, So if that's you want to start about sort of average revenue per customer, I'm going to put that at about $12,000 a year per company. It's interesting. These are little businesses, but uh, it starts to add up. Well, they see the benefits, I'm assuming. Well, and importantly, it was up 80% year over year, so those customers are spending a lot more once they get on the platform. Interesting stuff to watch. Okay, we appreciate your time. I'm Corey Johnson. You've been listening to Drill Down Podcasts. But you wouldn't be if it weren't for the hard work. Our executive producer, Isaac Webster, our editor extraordinaire, Ben Wilson. The Drill Down is a production of the Business Podcast Network.